What's up, guys? I am so happy you're here. I'm your host, Katrina Richardson, and you're listening to the Purpose Through Pain podcast, where we take a look at the painful things that we go through in life and discover how God can use them for a purpose, for His purpose. My prayer through this podcast is that you will be reminded on a weekly basis that even though times are hard and just because you don't understand all the whys doesn't mean God can't use this and turn it into a beautiful, beautiful testimony. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Purpose Through Pain. Today we are talking about divorce and specifically God's provision after the fact and through divorce. And I am joined with my guest, Steve Efferson. So hello, Steve. Thank you for joining me today. Hello. Can you just real quick introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, all that? Well, I am an associate pastor at Woodridge Baptist Church, and I do just about everything uh, because that's kind of what an associate pastor does is many of the jobs nobody else wants to do, but it's a lot of behind-the-scenes type things. But did spend most of my ministry, though, in, in youth ministry, which was a very rewarding time. I, I still miss it, um, but um, you always do what the Lord needs you to do and what He asks you to do when He wants you to do it. So. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been in ministry? 21 years. Okay. And you have three kids, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. How old are they? Well, we got Lance, who's going to be 16 in a couple of months. Riley, who's all of a 13-year-old girl. And then Blake, who's uh, nine years old. All right. Well, just, I guess, going to go ahead and jump into this. Um, We are talking about divorce today. And with you being in ministry, I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on what do you believe the Bible says about divorce? Well, it is kind of a... um... A touchy subject with people um, you know it, it's one of those issues that people seem to gravitate toward and have really strong opinions of and it's kind of like well of all the things in scripture to really have a strong passion of why would you pick that one but you know that's what people do I don't know I don't understand it but um, a lot of it is um, kind of shrouded in this um, misinterpretations and traditions and and things like that that have gone on through the years and I I honestly don't know all the history behind why uh, people have interpreted things the way they've interpreted I mean you have a lot of things in the Bible that are like that that you look at that uh, different denominations practice including Baptists uh, that aren't really biblical um, but somewhere along the line it became tradition and it kind of became synonymous with the Bible. And so, you know. Yeah, some it, people it, hold tradition over biblical. Yeah, and that's that's where it gets so complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you can pick on, let's say, Catholics for the, you know, priest having to be single. That's not really a biblical thing, but it became a tradition. Baptists have their whole drinking thing, which I'm not going to touch on that too much. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know, every denomination to some degree has that thing. And, and this is one of those things that have, it's more of a tradition than anything else. Um, you know, most people have always heard the Malachi 2.16 verse, you know, God hates divorce. Uh, and the, the problem with that passage is, is it hasn't been, I don't know, it, it's kind of interpreted different ways by different Bible translations. If you go through and you look at King James, you look at New American Standard, the ASV, Holman, you look at NIV, and you just keep going down the line, 
you actually go through and start reading that passage, there's going to be different ways that translates it that completely change a little bit about what it's saying. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, I had to go through and say, okay, I need to uh, remind myself of this. And so I looked back up in some commentaries uh, because, again, it, you know, some of the translations say God hates divorce. So, for instance, the Christian Standard Bible, this is the way they interpret, and I'm going to get back up to verse 15. God didn't make them one and give them a portion of the Spirit. What is the What is the one seeking? Godly offspring. So watch yourselves carefully. That's key there. Watch yourselves carefully so that no one acts treacherously against the wife of his youth. In other words, is unfaithful. Um, if, and this start in verse 16, if he hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, he covers his garment with injustice. Now, that's the same exact spot where it says God hates divorce. Mm -hmm. you, you notice the, the change different. there. There's a big shift in that. Yeah. And if you look at it, about half the translation seems to translate that way, the other half do it the other way. So here's what um, the commentary kind of breaks it down into a literal translation of it. It says, so you shall be on your guard in your spirit, and with the wife of your youth, let him not act faithlessly. If he hates so as to divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel, he covers his garment with violence. So if that's a literal word-for-word -word translation, to me, you go with the more literal word-for-word -word translation. That really changes this passage that has been like, God hates divorce, which for some people that begins to translate, God hates divorced people. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And if God hates divorce, there's a couple of issues here, which I do believe that you could say he does by the context of Scripture. He hates the act of divorce because it's a splitting of people. It's a very, it's a death. It's sad. Um, but he doesn't hate divorced people. You go all the way back to the Old Testament. Well, God allows it. Mm -hmm. Okay, way back with, uh, with uh, Moses, he allows divorce to happen. You look at the prophets. He actually says he divorces Israel because he uses he uses the marriage relationship and adultery in the context of how his and the Israelites' relationships has been them being unfaithful. If you go back and read the prophets, that's true. There's yeah. some uh, there's some interesting <laughs> ways that he illustrates that that we probably won't get into but i've that, noticed that one uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's pretty graphic at some points the way he illustrates that and then jesus allows for it mm -hmm. and so and there's certain context so you have to take the whole of scripture when you're looking at this issue you have to take everything into consideration and I just say for anybody who's listened to it, who's wondering, uh, John MacArthur actually did a really great job in a sermon series on this whole thing. Uh, even I feel like kind of goes through and proves the biblical position where divorce is even biblically okay in situations where you've been abandoned and possibly even abused as well. Um, and so it's when you're looking at this issue, you can't just take this hardline stance on it because the Bible has a lot of different counsel on it. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess that's my really. So it's not a hard view of this. divorce is okay or divorce is not okay. It's kind of like situation by situation kind of thing. Oh yeah, and, and again, he doesn't hate divorced people because mm -hmm. you know in a situation like mine where I'm a minister, people want to look at the Timothy passage and they want to say, well, 
you know, husband of one wife, well, they can't be divorced. The problem with that is, is and again, I don't know why. I don't know why people choose to hone in on this one issue, but they do. Um, and they kind of fail to look at the actual study behind that passage that it's just, it's basically saying the quality of a person that they're faithful to their spouse. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what he's getting at there. And it, and to take a hard line, whether it's, you're talking about ministers, or you're talking about other people, taking a hard line, God just hates this, hates this, hates this. Where's grace? Mm. Because of the, the problem with all of that is, well, so God can't forgive. God can't give grace. He can't do this for this issue, but he can do it for all these others. You know, and so you're unusable because of this issue. Um, that just kind of flies in the face of everything that we read in the New Testament, who Jesus is. I mean, you know, do I believe that there needs to be genuine repentance there like anything else? Oh, absolutely. Because you can't just claim that, okay, well, well, God still can use me. God can still love me if you don't actually do the repentance side of it and actually mm-hmm. turn around and change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, there's grace, but there's got to be repentance too. And, uh, you know, whatever, however you land in the issue, whether you've been somebody who, you know, you, you know like me, where I didn't have a whole lot I could do about it. Um, or you were the one who did it years ago or something like that. And you now see, ah, I was wrong in that, but you know, it's done. Well, what do I do now? God hates it. Yeah, but it's in the past and there's not like you can go back. And so grace has to come in somewhere on this. And he can still forgive you as long as you're truly repentant. Yeah. yeah. So going from that into, if you could just briefly explain to whatever you feel comfortable, your experience with divorce. Well, with my experience, and you know, just just to be fair to my ex-wife, I'm not going to really get into a lot of that, you know. But um, you know, there was unfaithfulness. Um, there's there's a lot of different things that, that went into that for her. But um, but it was one of those things where you know, found out things were going on. We tried to work through that. Um, really thought that things were going to work out. You know, I mean, I, I shared this testimony uh, not long ago with uh, several people at the church. And, you know, when when I found out, you know, of course, it's devastating. Um, but you know, she seemed repentant and everything seemed to be fine. And we went to counseling and counseling was going great. Um, you know, and I, I really believe that uh, God was going to give us one of those amazing stories. Um, that he just did an amazing work in our marriage, amazing work in her life, and that it was going to be a wonderful story of redemption to tell. Um, that wasn't the story. And, you know, it was, you know, we, we were in a great place. You know, we moved forward in ministry, still doing what God wanted us to do. I uh, changed at that point, you know, to being an associate pastor. Um, we felt like the Lord was calling us to do that. And everything seemed to be great. And then all of a sudden, she kind of went back into that lifestyle again. And um, I don't know how to explain any of it, but that's just that's just what happened. And um, I, I can say that I did everything I could possibly do, but it takes two people. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, she wanted something else, so she left. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like you said, this was a very challenging time. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth 
with trying to save the marriage and then just it ended up not working out. What scripture did you cling to throughout those final years of your marriage and throughout the divorce? Yeah, so that's going to be Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, that one's an easy one for people to remember. Trust the Lord your God with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll make your paths straight. Um, that was a scripture that just, after she left, that's this passage of scripture, God just really put on my heart um, in a very significant way. And it's so much so that, and it seems so corny, but it just, to me, it goes back to even Old Testament things where God talks about writing things on the doorpost of your house and, you know, putting scripture in places to remember it. Well, this is, it sounds silly, but, you know, we have a wall in our house and there were picture frames all around it, you know, with pictures of the kids and things like that. Well, there was something in the middle of it, a little decoration, and she took that because she liked it. And so we had this hole in the wall. Basically, a hole, well, not a hole in the wall, but a hole in the, the design, mm-hmm. whatever. And so I bought a, a little canvas thing with that verse on it and stuck it right there in that place to remind me that, yes, this ended and this is not good, but trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with that. And the other thing I did is I got a coffee mug made with it, um, <laughs> which also had my kids' pictures on it. You know, mm-hmm. trust the Lord with this situation trust the lord with them uh trust the lord because that was the only thing in this place that i was in that you could do um because there's a lot of uncertainties in life at that point well trust the lord is just what kept me going and keeping that was what stayed in my brain yeah and that's a really good thing to cling to because like you said there was so much that you couldn't do um and that's the one thing we need to do the most is just trust god um so after the divorce, after all of that was final, um, something, or I should say someone, uh, came into your life in a way that wouldn't have happened without the divorce. So I want you to tell me about Jenny, the impact she's had on your life and your children's lives. Well, that that is just kind of a, a huge God thing that was just a, a blessing. And, you know, as I, as I think through it, you know, here's the thing, I think, why did God choose to bless me this way? And that seems so weird because, you know, you're talking about such a difficult issue of divorce, but, you know, there's so many people who are single and wondering, will I ever find that person, you know? And there's so many people who this is not going to be their story. And my heart goes out to those people. I don't know why God does the way he does things. Um, But um, Jenny came into my life, and it's kind of crazy because... I was going through probably one of the hardest points in this whole thing. And, you know, I just, I was really down. And um, God, this has never happened to me before. And it's never happened again since. And, you know, I sound like a way charismatic person saying this. But, you know, God spoke to me through a dream. I wish I would have written it down because I slept a few times since then and I don't remember it but it was the most vivid thing I've ever had happen before you know where God spoke to me in a dream and he told me you need to just trust me because I'm about to do something really cool mm-hmm. and but you're gonna have to trust me for this to happen and so I just I said you know what I'm gonna put all the issues I'm gonna put all the worry I'm gonna just I'm just gonna trust that God's gonna do something and no later than two or three weeks later um, 
I met Jenny. And we hit it off. Um, I told her all about all the gory details of everything I had been through and didn't scare her away one bit. Um, but what has been neat to see is God working so intricately in the details. And again, I don't know why he doesn't, I can't answer this for everybody. I can just say, I can see how he's worked here and it's gonna look different for everybody. Um, Jenny is one of these people who, she had to deal with that issue of why am I still single when I'm 38 years old and still single, you know, and I have been serving the Lord and doing all these things for years for others and I'm still single until I walked into her life. Mm-hmm. And she'll, she would tell you if she was here that, you know, that um, she would wait that period of time all over again for what she's had now. Um, but, you know, why did God choose to do it that way? Well, for whatever reason, God chose, you know, in my situation, I needed someone who could be supportive and who could walk through this with me. Who could pray for my marriage whilst hoping that maybe something would happen? Um, because she did while we were just friends. You know, she would pray that you know, okay, you would come around. She would pray for that, knowing that that probably wasn't going to happen. Um, but you know, throughout the throughout the years, you know, God knew these this thing was going to happen. He knew my kids were going to need somebody like her. You know, because this would have been a much different situation if it would have been somebody who already had kids who already, you know, that that just adds such a level of complexity to it. Um, but Jenny, it was almost like God said, okay, I'm, I know this is going to happen one day and this is the person I need for this time was Jenny. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be a while (laughs) before this day gets here. And so, Jenny was faithful to do what God wanted her to do. And part of that meant that she didn't meet anybody, that she served the Lord. She had uh, different girls live with her throughout the years. Um, and you know, she poured into them, discipled them. And up until, you know, about the time we got married, you know. And so God used that time period in her life in one way. She couldn't figure out, well, why is, why is he not giving me husband you know because mm-hmm. I'm doing it I'm doing it but that's because the Lord had this over here and you know it again it's it's that's just the way he worked in my life um, and the only thing I can say about that is trust the Lord you know and it may look different for you but that that you're not gonna be happy if you're not in the Lord's will mm-hmm. it's so cool when you see just the things God's doing in separate places come together. Like he was working, providing provision through your divorce, providing provision through her singleness. And then just like, Oh, he was doing all that he knew. It's just so cool to, when you watch it all come together. Um, so listening to all of your story, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that what you've been through has been painful, has been challenging. Um, but this podcast is called purpose through pain. And the reason for that is because, I believe that God can use whatever pain we go through for a purpose. And so just to kind of close us out, I wanted to hear what you think this pain has been used for in your life. Because there's so many different things. One, if you want to talk about just like 
right now, right in this moment? You know, what what is he used it for? I think he's taught me how to trust him better. Um, but I think really knowing that answer is going to be a long-term answer. And and the reason why I say this is is um, I don't know what God has for us, you know, and for me and Jenny. And I can see God doing something really great um, because so many of the things that she is amazing at, um, I can see God using in, in just an incredible way. Um, and so I think that answers probably in the future somewhere. Um, but I do think that in a sense, you know, the pain has a purpose of, you know, I can relate to people who have been through this. You know, that's why it's kind of, you know, I, that's why I've said it several times is, you know, I, I don't know why he chose to do it this way for me because I know that there's people out there who are still like, I don't understand where, where what's going on here. I don't know. But I do know that I can relate to that and be compassionate to that a heck of a lot better because I know what it's like to, even though it was a very short amount of time, I know what it's like to be alone. I know what it's like to be alone with someone <laughs> for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what it's like to be by myself, basically, trying to take care of three kids with a little bit of help here and there, but, you know, really having to have that burden on me uh, for a long time. So I know to some degree what people are going through and it, my heart goes out to those people who are who have been dealing with that for months for years for and they still don't know um don't know but i do know that god's used that in the present for me to be able to have a lot of compassion towards those people but also seeing jenny's side of it and how god worked through her and i know she went through difficult times asking questions about why um but seeing that, you know, can also offer hope of, I don't know what it looks like, but I know God can use your situation if you trust him. And that's key is if you trust him and be okay and willing that this is not necessarily going to look like what I think it's going to look like. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, it, it may be a long-term answer as to why you, fi- how you find out what God uses this for, but you're going to trust him in that whole journey. Um, Thank you so much for coming and talking and sharing your story. I know it's not an easy one to share, but I think it's one that a lot of people definitely have questions about with divorce and just can benefit from hearing. So thank you for coming and sharing. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the Purpose Through Pain podcast today. I pray that you're walking away from this episode with hope and trusting God with whatever comes next for you or whatever you're walking through right now. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family. And if you ever have any questions or have a topic that you want me to discuss, just shoot me a DM over on Instagram at Katrina.r95. I hope I'll see you next week. And until then, remember that your pain isn't pointless and God's got a beautiful purpose all planned out just for you.